Hello and welcome to The Case Files. I'm Kate Chabot and over the course of this podcast series, we'll be bringing you the true life stories behind some fascinating legal cases, all told with unparalleled access to the clients and lawyers closest to events. In this episode, we'll hear from Gemma Joslin, who went on holiday with her children to Turkey and was involved in a terrifying accident on a water slide. Exiting the slide, I stood up and I turned around and then it was just bash. She found herself in a life-threatening situation. I knew that I was in serious trouble with just every breath that I took. It felt like it was going to be my last night. My insides were just like crushing. And the travel company that was supposed to be helping her just wasn't doing its job. The company didn't bother to ask about the welfare of my children. Didn't know where they were. It was just absolute shambles. UK residents go on 45 million foreign holidays a year. Most of those trips work out fine, but not all. Gemma Joslin flew out to Turkey with her two young children, only to experience a catalogue of disasters that not only ruined her holiday, but left her still suffering 12 months later. Her story is a shocking one, but as you'll hear, it could happen to any of us. As you listen, ask yourself, would you be well enough prepared if disaster struck. As well as Gemma, you'll hear from the Slater and Gordon lawyer Isabel Bathurst and Lisa Minogue, the Sun's travel editor. Both of them have some really good advice about how you can protect yourself when abroad. So let's start with Gemma. She told me why she chose Turkey as her destination. I'd always loved Turkey. Um, I'd been to Lindenis um, a few years before and I loved the area. Um, I'd been looking at this hotel for about three months before. I went out with my friend, uh, Tasha, and she showed me the place that she was going to go to in September, herself, a single parent also with her children. And I just said, that's the place where I've been looking at to go in September with my girls. And she was, she just said straight away, come with me, we'll do it together. You know, five children between two of us will be absolutely fine, we can do it. So you wanted Warm weather, family friendly. That was it. Family friendly was a key thing. Um, Water park, obviously, so the children could be entertained by the beach. So we had like the best of both worlds and all inclusive. So the children were hungry. They could eat whenever they wanted and drank whenever they wanted. The water park then. Tell me about what interested you about that. There were slides from babies up until adults. Um, It was a larger water park and the, the photos looked amazing. And within hours you were trying it out. Yeah, we arrived on the resort about 2am and then at about 3pm in the afternoon, so less than 12, 13 hours later, we went to the water park and then less than an hour after being in the water park, I was left fighting for my life. Tell me about the slide where you had your accident. So the slide where I had the ad- accident was one of the adult slides. Um, there was no lifeguards in the water park. We noticed that as soon as we arrived into the entrance into the water park, there was just nobody around. Um, so we went on the few of the baby slides, first of all, so the children could get used to one going down, waiting to look to see if they were safe, getting out of the pool, and then the other one would go down. We had the five children between the two of us, um, and then we decided to go on to the bigger slides. Children were getting a bit bored of the, the smaller ones. They wanted a bit more of a thrill. Um, so we walked up to the stairs to the larger ones, and then my friend and her children went down first of all. My eldest went down next and then I was to follow. 
I followed after I could see my eldest getting out. I told my little one who was behind me to shout and count to 10 seconds because we'd already watched everyone else go down. So we knew 10 seconds was a safe enough time. Um, so as I went down the slide, I could hear her shouting, one, two. And then I remember exiting the slide. It was a fast one. I stood up and I turned around and then it was just bash I know no it was um feet coming towards me it was just it was just a blur I had there was no space for, there was no time for me to get out of way it was just it was the speed of it was just awful who was it who was behind you this lady she um got annoyed with my youngest shouting and counting to 10 she was impatient and she jumped in front of my youngest because there was no lifeguard at the top or anything he there was no orders to say no stop you you need to wait and it was just the the impact was it's just sent me flying and instantly I knew that I was in serious trouble it just every breath that I took it felt like it was going to be my last like my insides were just like crushing I managed to surface from the water just about two inches above the ground so I couldn't stand up straight and I had to hover and like hold my side I remember what she looked like. She was a very, very large lady, black swimming costume, black shoulder-length hair, and she just put both her hands up and went, oh, sorry. What went through your mind and what happened immediately afterwards? It was, where's my youngest? If I'm in this much pain, I thought she'd um, hit my youngest. And it was just panic stations. I couldn't stand up, so I was just hovering above the water, desperately trying to, like, surge the pool for my youngest. Um, next thing I knew, I was unconscious into, like, falling into Tasha's arms. Um, and just before I went unconscious, I just looked up towards the entrance of the slide and I could see my youngest. Natasha was that your friend who was Yeah, Natasha, you. yeah. And um, my youngest was just standing on the spot, like, running and screaming. Didn't know what to do. Did you realise how badly injured you were at the time? I didn't realise how badly injured. I could feel that I couldn't breathe, so I thought definitely ribs, like bruised ribs. Um, Because I work in a hospital, like, you can see the way people breathe when they have, like, cracked ribs. So I thought, okay, just a deep bruising, you know, everything's going to be fine. But what was worrying was every breath I took just felt as if my insides were just crushing, like every breath was going to be my last. What happened next? What did Natasha do, your Um, friend? So um, she managed to get me to the side of the pool um, and we sat down. Next thing I remember is my eldest coming up and her face was just terror. She was just screaming, she was crying. Tasha's middle child as well, she came with Skya and Tasha gave them instructions, go and find Bill, her partner. And then he saw me and I remember his face just dropped his eyes just opened up wide and Tasha just screamed at him to go and find someone and I remember Bill's hands just going up like this up in the air and just going where where is there's no one where and then Bill just thank god he's a fitness man he just like just sped off and trying to find someone because it was only your friends who were helping you that was it it was only my friends luckily enough it obviously I went on holiday um to be with Tasha thank goodness the first day we were all together and that's what saved my life you were rushed to hospital weren't you yeah immediately the 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 on-site doctor came so someone um, did did come did come eventually on-site doctor um and then and the next thing I knew, I was, um, it was like an Orton Towers ride. It was a roller coaster of an ambulance ride. Where were you taken exactly? I was taken to Esnaf, which is a private hospital in Turkey. 
Um, I had no say, obviously, because I was unconscious. Um, that was the nearest hospital. If I was taken to a state hospital, which is over two hours away, I wouldn't have survived. You find yourself in a foreign country, seriously injured, yeah. separated from your kids. Uh, just talk us through what happened when you first arrived at the hospital, what was going on? It was terrifying. I was immediately taken into um, a CT scan. And after the CT scan, I remember a translator peering over me and he says, uh, you have internal bleeding, your liver is split and your kidney is damaged. And I just went into panic stations because a few years ago I donated a kidney for my mum. So I just had one kidney. Um, my kidney's damaged, what does that mean? In my head I was thinking, oh, dialysis, am I going to be able to go back to England? It was just, it was all overwhelming. I lost consciousness again. And then Bill had obviously heard me say that I've just, I, I've only got one kidney. So he's told everybody in the room um, apparently I was taken to another CT scan, this time with contrast, so it showed up everything inside the body, all the veins, all of the arteries. And then I remember coming out of the second CT scan and the room was full of people and I thought, you know, something serious, this is serious now because um, obviously I've been in emergency situations at work before and just everyone just comes. The translator just peered over me and he said good or bad news and I said bad news first he said bad news is there is no time we have to get to you to theatre now your internal bleeding has doubled within the last 10 minutes and your kidney is damaged and you have cracked ribs and the other bad news is your travel insurance which you have doesn't cover you for a private hospital treatment because you've been bought to closest hospital private and I said good news and he said, uh, your kidney, although it's damaged, it was just severely bruised. So that was a big relief. I thought, OK, I can get through. Listening to you speak now is Isabel Bathurst, a travel litigation lawyer at Slater and Gordon. Isabel, from what you've he heard so far, alarm bells ringing? Alarm bells really ringing, not least what Gemma's just explained in relation to her travel insurance being insufficient for this scenario. She's been taken to a private hospital being the first hospital. It probably was the right decision. But when we are contemplating holidays, we do need to look and make sure that our travel insurance will cover for every eventuality, not just a basic situation, because we don't know what's going to happen. And the cost of private care, especially in a hospital like in countries like Turkey, when you haven't got a European card that might assist with payment of those costs, it's really essential to make sure that you might be covered for, for, for private hospital care. It's about reading the, the small print, is it? It's about just having essential cover beforehand, really looking at the, the detail behind our travel insurance before we go and making sure that we've got proper cover for medical care is, is really quite important. Gemma, um, you had travel insurance, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Would you take out the same kind of travel insurance again? Um, no, not with the same company. It's a very good um, UK reputable company. I just thought that I would be protected. It wasn't cheap. It was like the standard price that you would pay. Um, but now I now know that you need to look for four or five star um, de facto um, and that will cover that's you. That's the rating. Yeah. yeah, that's the rating and that will cover you obviously for medical emergencies. And from the the accident itself and the situation surrounding that, did you have any things that you thought that Gemma had a legal case on? Certainly, it's really quite worrying that there were no lifeguards on duty in relation to the, the actual water slide themselves. 
in a foreign country, when we're looking at a case, the law that applies is what is the local law. But to have no lifeguards, to have no system in place to, to tell people on a slide the timing to go down, it, it's really very worrying when such a catastrophic event can happen and such serious injuries. So whose responsibility, Isabel, is it to make sure that water park is safe? Well, it's both the travel company and the owners of the hotel itself. The travel company should ensure that the hotel makes sure it's safe. Uh, Gemma, at what point did you hear from the representatives from your travel company? I had the accident on Wednesday. I was in intensive care fighting for three days and then it was late on Sunday afternoon, I believe. Um, The lady that phoned me up was so sarcastic. She was just so patronising on the phone. She didn't have a clue where my children were. Nobody had been in contact with um, Tasha to offer any guidance, any assistance. The five children were sleeping across three single beds. Tasha was um, six months pregnant at the time. You had the emergency surgery? Had emergency surgery. What happened next? How were you after that? Um, I just remember waking up in ICU... I remember looking around me, I had TPN up, which is like liquid food. I had liquid food going into me. I had um, an NG tube going up into my nose and down into my tummy. And that's a sign that you're really not well. I had a catheter. The catheter was just the deepest, darkest colour you'd ever seen. Um, and that was a sign of the, the kidney trauma, the damage to the kidney. And I knew that I was in trouble, just feeling the tube, seeing that. And, and you obviously really worried about what was happening to yourself. It must have been compounded by the fact that you didn't really... Did you know what was happening with your children? Uh, I didn't have... A, obviously, I knew there would... You know, Tasha would take care of them. I knew that without without a doubt that she'd treat them as her own, and she did. I knew they'd be safe, but... The fact, obviously, when I came out of ICU, the fact that my travel agents, the company, didn't bother to ask about the welfare of my children, didn't know where they were. And they didn't offer, obviously, any assistance to Tasha into caring for them. Just disgusting the way that we were treated. Isabel, what kind of responsibilities does a travel company have to somebody like Gemma in this situation in terms of the care of the family? They really should offer assistance and care where there is a situation like this happening and they really should have contacted people at home they should have put in place a system whereby there was assistance provided to her and there wasn't anything at all for a number of days which is really quite bad Gemma would you mind showing me your scars what happened to you so you've got a very very large just underneath the breastbone all the way down to my tummy my belly button I actually don't have a belly button anymore because I use that as like a a stitch and then from the middle out to the side it's like a lopsided t-shape yeah so is this just one operation um it's one operation then I've got obviously I had two drains as well so I've got two deep drain wounds as well so your scars Scars. about what's 20, 30 centimetres long yeah. and then to the side. Yeah, and to the side off. as well. Do you yeah. still get pain? Um, I still get pain, not on the wound site. It's always been here on the muscle and I've just been told by the the liver surgeons it's just where all of the, the nerves are trying to join back together. I do get searing pain in that side. So how have you recovered um, since the accident, not, not physically but mentally? Mentally, I had post-traumatic stress um, luckily enough, I work for the NHS and we have um, what's called a help service for all of the staff members. Um, my ward were amazing straight away. They put me in contact with the councillor who um, 
gave me about eight sessions of EMDR therapy, so eye movement, desensitisation and reprocessing to stop the trigger points. Um, it means that I could... Trigger points being, being things that... Being just just little flashbacks it could be I don't one of the children like splashing in the bath and it would send like a trigger like waking up with like night sweats not being able to sleep just little panic things just anything that could have like even like a sound would bring you back to that place and it would it would trigger and set off emotions and in terms of getting back in the water was that part of your therapy um, it do? was part of it I felt as if I needed to do it because the children were terrified of going to swimming pools they do swimming every week but they were starting to become more aware of their surroundings um so we decided to take them to swimming bath with one slide and we went down yeah the slides because i wanted them to realize that it was it was an accident that shouldn't have happened but there are safety procedures that should have been in place to stop that happening tough on you though yeah, when I went down the slide the first time after the accident, it was a conveyor belt of triggers. And when I come down to the bottom of the slide, my partner was waiting for me and he could see apparently my eyes were just, I just wasn't good. But I, I done it, yeah. And the children knew that I was safe, so they were a lot happier to see me actually coming up and standing up and walking away from a water slide. And did it help? Um, I think it helped them. They don't have trauma anymore, but it did take them a good... I say about five months to get over it. It was my youngest. She spent eight days thinking that I was dead. So she knows that I'm okay now. Yes, because there's still certain areas I need to work on. What's that? Um, I believe what when I go through the sequence of what happened, it's still searching for my youngest in the water, thinking that she had been hit. Um, and obviously seeing her at the top of the slide just running and screaming on the spot, terrified. That's still, yeah, one of my triggers. So there you are in hospital. You've got your friends looking after your kids. Yes. Um, you're not getting any help from the travel company. No. But your parents have decided they need to come and help out. It was on, I believe, Friday morning um, that the translator came and I said that I need to contact my parents now. Um, and he brought down a phone and I phoned up my dad and I just told him what had happened. My mum phoned up the travel agency as soon as she could and they said that they would just fly one person out there. And my mum said, no, it's outrageous. She's on her own in hospital in a foreign country. She's got two children. I need myself and my husband to go out there, one for Gemma and obviously one for the children. Is that, Isabel, just at the discretion of the travel company, how many people they should fly out in that kind of situation? It is or at their discretion, yes. But in the circumstances, they've got to act in what is reasonable. And uh, I think it was right for Gemma's mum to say, look, I can't just go on my own. Because my parents weren't well, aren't well people. My mum obviously undergoing her second kidney transplant three years prior for me donating, and my father he's had like heart attacks, he's had triple bypass in the past. They weren't, they've never gone abroad, um, purely for the reason that the medical care they're they're wary of. They don't, it was it was just very stressful. Luckily enough, their passports were still valid, and they could actually the travel. When they arrived they encountered further problems not yeah. at the hotel itself what was at going on at the hotel on? itself so um they they arrived at the hotel itself and my mum was just where's my grandchildren and they had no idea 
they had no idea where my children were staying. There was no the hotel commu- reception. The hotel reception and the travel way- the travel company itself. And my mum was just, where are my grandchildren? And they're like, you know, calm down. You go to Gemma's room, go to sleep. And she just wanted to know where to go in the morning to see the grandchildren. So your parents arrived at the hotel. They walk into a confusing situation. They can't find their grandchildren. And then they find out that the hotel is riven with a stomach bug. Yeah, they they found out via other holiday makers um, because my children, when I was in intensive care, they had caught the stomach bug and um, Tasha's children had all caught the stomach bug and her partner, Bill. Um, so it was just Tasha and myself that had actually escaped it, obviously, because I was in, in hospital away from it. There was one person actually put on TripAdvisor that was, there was more ambulances at the hotel than there was taxis. It was just awful. Uh, dad was really ill. Um, I re- I was relying on my dad because I couldn't walk. So how, how long was it before you got out of hospital and, and were able to go home? What happened after the um, So I was in hospital for eight days. Um, I wasn't allowed to um, fly out until my scheduled flight, but I had to spend the whole day previously. You wanted to go sooner, did you? I wanted you to go. I said, yeah, I just wanted, <laughs> I wanted out, especially when I heard about the, the obviously sickness, sickness bug, the children were sick. I was terrified my parents had got it. I can't believe, Isabel, that she, she wasn't allowed to go home when she, after going no. through all of that and had made to, made to wait for her scheduled flight. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, this is really appalling. She should have been medically repatriated home and facilitated to get back on a special flight that took her with all the medical care available. So eventually you got home. Yeah. How are you now? It took me a good, like, eight weeks to be able to start to breathe again properly. Um, I was backwards and forwards to the doctors Um I obviously with the trauma to the kidney I had to have a consultant straight away I had to get an emergency appointment with the kidney consultant I keep on having recurrent uh, urine infections now which um, is obviously damaging the kidney more the liver thank goodness has actually healed really lovely the liver surgeons are really happy with it so I don't know what the future holds it may be that you know 10 years time 15 who knows how long in the future my kidney can just go I've had enough now I've had too much scarring too much damage that's it I'm gonna stop working and, and you, you couldn't work for quite a while could you um, no I was off work for seven months what are you what are your feelings towards the travel company things need to change it's absolutely shambolic that Tasha was left I was left in that situation um if it wasn't for Bill paying 5,500 up front I wouldn't have survived for your hospital it was yeah yeah. the the translator he just put Bill in a situation pay and I live don't pay and I die have you managed to get any money back at all yeah I did have to actually fight with my uh travel insurance company um because I was, I was unconscious. I had no say of where to go. Um, and there was apparently a clause in it that if you're unconscious, um, I could actually claim for medical expenses. So, yes, I did get medical expenses, everything back. How much did you get? Um, I got my all of my medical expenses. So total, I think, was about just under 7000 for obviously bills 5000 and then my um, payment that I had to make before I left. And then I had to spend um, a whole day before I was allowed to fly having more tests to make sure the liver is healed, see how the ribs are because of the cabin pressure with the ribs. I suppose um, the, the silver lining to your story is that you have actually managed to go back on holiday since, on yeah. a foreign holiday. Yeah, yeah. And so you've actually been on the water slide since. Yeah. Tell me about why you decided you had to do this. Um, it was actually my partner. He just said, we, we need to go away again you need to you know realize it was just this accident it 
there was no lifeguards. It, you know, it had nothing to do with you. It wasn't your fault. We need to go somewhere so it doesn't instill the fear into the children. And I just said, yeah, you're right. We need to go away because I don't want them to be scared. It was, as soon as we walked into the water park, it was um, a different case scenario. There was a lifeguard on every single slide. There was a lifeguard at the bottom of every single slide. There was a lifeguard roaming the park. So instantly, as soon as we walked in, I felt safe. Is there any kind of advice you'd like to give to other holiday makers having had the experiences yeah, you've had? It's more really to the package holidays as well. Um, change needs to happen when families, just anyone books a package holiday, um, preferably that a contact number, emergency UK contact number needs to be taken so that in an event... Or, you know, the family, you know, has an accident or one person has an accident. People can be contacted in, in England. We were just left in the dirt trying to fend for ourselves. Isabel, um, what kind of case does Gemma have? Well, she has a case against the package travel company um, because they have a duty to ensure that the hotel and their facilities are safe and there were failings by the company itself in addition. They didn't support her, they didn't facilitate her, they didn't phone home. So it is a case against the company in England that she has so and that she can pursue. What, what are you claiming for exactly? What's the... Well, she suffered very severe injuries. She's had a constant, you know, she's had hospitals, she's had surgery, she was in a number of days. Those injuries are very severe and she's then gone on and suffered loss of earnings. She's had her livelihood's been affected. So it's the injuries, the ongoing losses, potentially that how that injury will affect her for the whole of her life and any loss of expenses that she's had both in the past but also in the future. Isabel, when you're in this situation, you're not going to be necessarily thinking about collecting all the information and the evidence you need and thinking ahead of, I've got to make a claim about this. What what should you do when you're actually in that situation? Of course, your priority is the care, getting back home. But really, when you can, do keep every document, every piece of information, every name of any, every person that you speak to, not necessarily in contemplation of a claim, but just to know that you're clear as to exactly what's happened, who you've spoken to, what costs you've incurred, so that if you do decide to do something later, you've got everything in place mm. and ready. And, and leaving the hospital itself, documents? Very important to remember in foreign hospitals is that they don't keep medical records in the same way that we do in our country. And so really, if there have been any records on you, you should ask for them before you leave the hospital. And it's really quite important to get as much information you can, scans, x-rays, everything, and to take them with you when you leave and you're discharged. What kind of things should be in place to stop happening to you? What did happen? What should travel companies do? Um, they should do um, water park audits. They should check the the health and safety of the the package holidays. They're promoting it as being like family friendly, safe. So you go with them because they're reputable companies, and you want your family to be safe on holiday. And when there is an accident, communication needs to be key. The travel agent they were actually on site at the time of the accident. Um, they didn't bother to come and check, and they didn't bother to take details of my children or where they'll be staying. Key structures should be in place for events like this. There should be somebody straight away 
for the welfare of the children. There was five children sleeping across three single beds. So straight away, I believe that they should have asked Tasha and Bill, what can we do to help you? Where are you staying? Right, we'll move you somewhere else so it's bigger or put more beds in the room. Just to help out, just to be someone there for assurance, for guidance. And what, Isabel, presumably in terms of contacts and emergency numbers, good companies do have all that in place. They should have had all that in place. That should have generally do most companies have that? Most companies do, and that should have been there, yes. You're obviously uh, pursuing a legal case. What, What do you want to get out of it? Just a holiday for my friends. They saved up for many years to go away on holiday and it was completely ruined by looking after my children and Bill having to come to the hospital twice a day to sign for medical care for me. So their family bonding time before their their baby arrived was just ruined. They had none. Thanks so much to Gemma for telling us her story. Her case against her travel company is ongoing. The woman who went down the slide and crashed into Gemma didn't face any criminal or civil legal action. If you want to see the extent of Gemma's injuries, you can find out more on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. Search for hashtag casefilespod. Listening to all of that was The Sun's travel editor, Lisa Minot. She told me what people should expect when they decide to book a package holiday. Well, they should expect a much higher level of care. Um, Generally, you're paying a premium for a package holiday and that premium is to make sure that you are cared for and you are looked after. Um, People book package holidays because they want that reassurance. That reassurance should come in the form of the fact that the hotels that you're being sent to have been properly audited, that they've had health and safety checks on them. You want the reassurance that should the worst happen, someone is going to be there to look after you and to help you. Just how, how far should travel companies go, though, when things go wrong? In this particular case, it just seems outrageous that nobody was there on the spot to actually constantly be it, the one communicating between all the different people, you know, finding out how they were at the hospital, finding out how they were at the hotel. There is, of course, travel insurance as well. What kind of travel insurance should someone have when they're going abroad? You get what you pay for. Um, If you buy very cheap travel insurance, don't expect it to cover you for all instances and all circumstances. Um, You should always go for travel insurance that is specific to your needs, where you're going. Um, And I always say to people, ring up, speak to somebody. It's much easier. I think everyone's got into the habit now of doing things on a computer. They can just quickly you know, type in a few details on a price comparison website. Um, but I think if you've got any kind of specific needs or medical conditions, or if you're doing a holiday that's not just a fly and flop to the beach, um, ring up and speak to somebody and find out exactly what you need. What is very important, though, is to recognise that you follow the travel insurance instructions to the letter. So if they say to you, we would like you to go to this hospital, obviously, if you can, you know, if you're unconscious, of course, you can't. But if they say we want you to go to this hospital, that's where you go. What kind of things do people tend to overlook when they take out travel insurance? I think what they're going to be doing on their holiday is the number one thing. Um, I think a lot of people go away on holiday and sometimes you you leave your sensible head behind the minute those plane doors shut and you take off. If you're going to go away and you're going to be doing lots of windsurfing or maybe going out on jet skis, um, make sure that your travel insurance covers you for those kind of water sports because they're the kind of places where you can have problems. You can fall off a water ski. You can have problems um, doing any number of different sports activities and if your insurance doesn't cover that that's a major problem 
Another thing I would say is that you have to declare all your medical conditions. Generally, I would say as a rule of thumb, if you've been to your local doctors in the last two or three years, everything that you've been to the doctors for, you make sure that you declare that to your insurance company because there is one thing that insurance companies will do is at the minute you claim, they will ask for those records. They will ask for your doctor's records. Um, And we've had a lot of cases with some readers where even though they didn't think it was relevant, you know, they've broken their arm. Um, but because they haven't declared the fact that they have asthma, the travel insurance company have said, we're not paying out. So do you think it's it, you prepare for the worst? Yes, I think you prepare for the worst because, I mean, I've been travel, travel to the sun for 20 years. Um, and in that time, I've done a lot of traveling. Um, and we have had some really tragic things happen to my family and to myself. Um, without that travel insurance, our lives would be very different today. Um, my father died in South Africa um, on a safari. Um, he had comprehensive travel insurance because he had quite a lot of medical issues. He had the right travel insurance. Unfortunately, my father died in South Africa nine weeks after being in hospital. But the total claim that was completely covered by the travel insurance was over £75,000. And that could have ruined my mother had it not been for the fact that it was all paid for by the insurance company. What are your five top tips to make sure when you go on holiday, you're safe? What do you need to do to prepare? I think I can say five words, research, 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 research and research. I mean, it's really important to to do your homework before you go away. Go to the Foreign and Commonwealth Office, um, their Know Before You Go website, which will tell you exactly what the situation is in the place where you are going to go away. They'll remind you um, the local laws and customs to make sure that you're not going to do anything that is going to get you into trouble just because you just didn't know that it was going to offend people in that particular country. And if you're not on a package holiday and you're it's a DIY, you're booking mm. your own flights in your own hotel, what, what can you do to make sure your emergency planning is in place? What do you need to prepare for? Again, we go back to travel insurance um, with a sort of dynamically packaged um, holiday I would say that in travel insurance is very important and you're looking to have things on your insurance policy it's going to cost you a bit more Um, things like end supplier failure cover and travel insolvency cover they're not they're not on every policy and they can cost quite a bit more so end supplier failure yeah so basically that covers you if your hotel that you've booked um, has a fire or goes bust before you've actually gone on your holiday. Um, The other thing to remember as well is for a lot of people, the travel insurance is sometimes if they do buy it, something they'll pick up at the airport or the night before. Um, You should book your travel insurance and pay for it exactly the same time as you book and pay for your holiday because that then gives you all of that cover beforehand. Should the worst happen at home, should a relative fall ill, should you fall ill um, and you're not able to take the holiday, if you've got travel insurance, from the very start, you can claim for that curtailment of the holiday or the cancellation of the holiday. Thanks to Lisa Millup from The Sun and Isabel Bathurst from Slater and Gordon, but most of all, thanks to Gemma Jocelyn, who told us about her disastrous holiday. If you want to know more about this story or our other Case Files episodes, have a look at our website, slatergordon.co.uk forward slash podcast, or head over to our social media channels and search hashtag Case Files pod to join the conversation. I'm Kate Chabot. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.